And it's about uh, six minutes after four o'clock here, and yeah, ready to go this afternoon with another edition of the Employment Law Show. John Pincus is filling in for uh, Lior on this afternoon show. Same drill, though, man. Call through if you got questions about uh, your employment, severance, your job. Uh, anything like that. Maybe you're an employer and you have questions about uh, maybe starting up a business or you've got some uh, some staff you want to move around or or it's that time of the year, you know, you got you to cut back, you got to thin the herd. You want to know the proper way to do it, the correct way to do it, the ethical way to do it, and legal way to do it. It's uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. John here to answer all your questions over the next uh, just about an hour in length here in the Employment Law Show. Reaching out uh, by email is simple. It's help at employmentlawyer.ca, and we'll get to the pocket employment lawyer. If you haven't been to that website, we'll give you some details on what that entails and how useful it can be for you even before you call a lawyer at the uh, at the firm. So we'll get into this. Uh, coming up here today, Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. Those are on the way shortly. First, John, brother, you get to the uh, the week that was. you got a couple things you want to talk about. How are you, pal? I'm I'm all right. I'm a, I'm a little under the weather, but uh, yep. never never too much to talk about employment law. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so here we go with uh, the week that was. A couple uh, situations that uh, we're going to talk about today. First of which is uh, involves a supervisor who'd been mm-hmm. working in a manufacturing plant for 15 years. So this was a, a very interesting situation that I'd, I'd love to share with our listeners. Uh, it's a it was a plant that started off as sort of a mid-sized company, but about four years ago it was acquired by a multinational corporation. And as often happens in these kinds of acquisitions, the new company has been making changes to its workforce, Mm -hmm. and eventually this gentleman was selected for a severance package. So the company said to him, well, you've been with us for about four years, so we're going to give you four months of severance. One month per year of service seems pretty fair. Mm -hmm. And of course, this gentleman responds, well, hang on a second. What about all the time I spent with the previous company? And the response he got was, you should ask them about that. It's not our problem. You weren't our employee. Ah. Of of course, it (laughs) is their problem. uh, And I am certainly glad this person came to me. Because that was absolute nonsense. This person had 15 years total service between the companies. There was no breaks in his years of service. And he gets credit for all of them. Based on his age, his compensation, his years of service, and the kind of supervisory role that he had, I'd assess his entitlements at about 16 to 18 months of his pay. And in severance dollars, this was a difference upwards of $100,000. So I think if if he had signed a release for the four months, he he would have given up all of that. Uh, It would have been a disaster. And uh, lucky for him, he'd never signed any employment agreement with the new company when they came in. But if he had, this would have looked a lot differently because uh, it would have been perfectly legal for that new employer, the new multinational corporation that came in, to have him sign a contract where he just gives up his past years of service. And if he'd done that, he he may have restricted himself to just what's in uh, the Employment Standards Act. So really important for all employees that that are really in any circumstances. If your employer is suddenly giving you a new employment agreement, read it very carefully. Don't sign anything blindly. And if you're given a severance package, if you're given an employment contract, do speak with a lawyer. That was the uh, that was a question I was about to ask. They can uh, they meaning the employer, be it this employer, any other, uh, mm-hmm. from the outset, they can contract their way out of paying further severance and not recognizing past service. That's totally cool to do as long as it's drafted correctly, right? 
Right. So as long as they comply with the minimum statute, it's the right. what the law in BC holds is that it's perfectly legal uh, for two parties, for an employer and employee, to say, "Okay, we're going to hire you, um, but this this contract is is you're you're basically un- unless the employment standards that require something, we're going to start fresh." So and and by the way, maybe we're going to get rid of your common law entitlements, uh, because what happens at law is that when you are with an employer and it is bought out and and the assets are bought, it's an asset purchase, and a new mm-hmm. employer comes in, you are uh, you are accepting new employment. Now, if you just accept it and you keep working and nothing changes, then your employment just continues. But when your when that business is sold, technically. You've lost your old job. It's just, for the most part, those employees are going to be offered uh, right. new positions with the new company. Uh, the number, by the way, is uh, 604-280-9898. You're, you're scratching your head about this. doesn't make sense. You want to question about it or have a comment on it, feel free to, uh, to call in for the remainder of the hour. We'd love to uh, talk to you in that regard. What else you got going on, pal? So the second situation I have uh, was about a, a woman in her mid-40s mm-hmm. who was working for a tech company as a software engineer. And she'd only been working there for about a year, but this company was going through some rough times, and she ended up losing her job as a result of some budget cuts. Now, this was especially unfortunate for her because she had a sort of a specialized uh, expertise with a certain kind of software that's not really used with most tech companies. So she was worried about how long it was going to take her to find a job, but the company only offered her two weeks' pay as severance. Now, there, there's a little common myth out there that if you're a short-service employee, you've only been with a company for a year or a year and a half or two years, that you're entitled to basically little to no severance. Right. Not the case. Short-service employees can be entitled to substantial severance packages because the courts recognize that you're likely going to take the same amount of time to find a job whether you've been employed somewhere for one year or three years or even four years. So right, right away, I knew there was, a, there was a problem here. I told this person that she had been given an, in, uh, an inadequate severance package. But in fact, it gets even more interesting because this person had been recruited to work at this company from a previous Uh, job that she'd held for eight years. And she had proof of the uh, recruitment. She had LinkedIn messages from the headhunter. They clearly drew her away, made all kinds mm -hmm. of promises to her. And the law says that in these circumstances, we consider all years of service because she reasonably expected that this new job was going to have some kind of job security. So as it happens, when you add all these things up, this person's entitled to over $60,000 more than she'd been offered. So an important lesson that if you're recruited, you know, make sure to memorialize that in writing. LinkedIn is, is a way that I, f- I find most of my uh, clients usually do that. And don't even think about signing an employment agreement without speaking to a lawyer first. Is that another situation where you're, you're pulled away induced to uh, join another company, sometimes they'll try to slip in like a probation period. I mean, is that is that one of those situations where you say, no, 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 you've hired me away from here. Why would I even dream of hiring or getting myself into the situation where I'm on probation? That's a great point, John. So one of those things that you're going to watch out for in an employment agreement is that probationary clause. You're also going to see if, you know, is there going to be a waiting period for benefits? That's not, of course, as big a deal. Um, but are you are you really going to be treated as just any other employee, or is there some acknowledgement that you that you've been recruited? You know, the other thing that some employers will include in their severance in their employment agreements, excuse me, is they'll include a line that says you're not being induced. We're not recruiting you. And that, that may actually not reflect reality, but they'll just include that self-serving statement. And if you've signed off on it, 
you've bought it. So you really, really do have to be careful about these things. Probationary clause is only one of the things that can really uh, cause problems for you with these employment agreements. If it ever got to the to fact where that was a you know a boiling point as far as severance and compensation is concerned, the fact that they just said, "Oh, we didn't recruit you," does that hold any legal water? Well, I think that the courts would still look at what actually happened, but certainly the fact that an employee has signed off on something that said you were not induced would right. be damaging to any uh, any argument that that uh, we would want to make on their behalf that they were recruited because they've they've agreed that they weren't. Now, if you have written correspondence that suggests the contrary, then yeah, probably not not a lot of weight's going to be held to that. But I think the point. The point here is that why why create this problem for yourself? Make sure that you know what you're getting into beforehand rather than trying to look in hindsight about, okay, what did I agree to? I can't remember. If you've never used it or checked it out, check out pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It is a, a wonderful tool, a wonderful uh, web page. It gives you uh, lots of information on there, including the severance pay calculator, which I'm Sure, you're familiar with that termination for cause. Does the employee have cause to let you go? Are you an independent contractor or an employee? Is it a constructive dismissal? Have significant changes been made to your job? That and so much more. And it is absolutely free of charge. It's anonymous. There's nowhere to pay for it if you wanted to. And you can simply get the information, close down the browser, and walk away. Or there is a yellow Contact Us button at the top right if you want to carry on. Contact John or Lior. So check it out as we uh, we go into a short break here. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. When we come back, as mentioned, the Ten Commandments of Termination for Employment. You're going to want to hear these and learn them. That and your phone call, 604-280-9898. This is the Employment Law Show right here. It's the CKNW. It is uh, 418 on this uh, this afternoon. Plenty of time for you to call in. John Pinkus is in for Lior this afternoon covering all the talk and all the questions. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You have questions about your job, employment, the world of employment. Uh, bring it on. This is the hour you want to ask your questions and at least get down the road of some good information and solving any problem you may have. Again, 604-280-9898. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And if you've never been there before, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca for lots more of information and useful stuff. It's basically like having a John Pinkus in your pocket, a very small version, but uh, he would uh, he would be in there. The 10 Commandments of Termination of Employment. Let's just uh, let's just roll and get right into these. What do you say? And I'll, I'll read them out and you can answer them. Sounds good. First one is here. Uh, thou shalt think about termination when accepting a new job. A new job termination. Explain that. Right. I mean, that's probably the last thing that anyone wants to think <laughs> about when they're starting a new job. But the reality is, is that most people are going to go through several careers in their in their lifetime, and most people yep. uh, are are going to probably lose their job at some point because a lot of the time that people lose their job, it's, it's for no fault of their own. So you have right. to prepare for that possible eventuality. Um, and so you have to think about termination clauses. You have to understand what's the difference between what you're entitled to under the common law as opposed to what you're entitled to under the Employment Standards Act. Those are very, very different things. And that can be the difference of tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And Although it, it may seem crazy at the time, uh, if, if an offer is being made to you and it really has a, has a very oppressive kind of termination clause that only gives you the bare minimum, you may want to consider looking elsewhere. If you have other options and, there, and all other things being equal, one's giving you an option where there is a termination clause and one's giving you an option where there isn't, that's a relevant thing for you to know. So these are things that you have to consider. 
most people would get that and just say, oh, okay, then my vacation, yeah, okay, that looks good. Oh, my pay looks good. Okay, that's good. And they would never even think about five, you know, five months, five years, five decades down the road if they got let go. That's why that one is so huge, right? It, it is. And, and the thing, I mean, the situation that I was talking about earlier uh, in the show this afternoon was... Um, a good example when mm-hmm. you know when people get bought out, they say, "Oh, wait a minute, are we going to have our jobs still?" And then they get this right. letter from the buyer. They say, "Oh, okay, good, we're still going to have our jobs." But the mm-hmm. devil's in the details because no. three pages in, it says, "By the way, two months from now, we can let you go and, and give you you know eight weeks pay under the Employment Standards yeah. Act." So you really have to watch out for these things uh, when you're starting a new job, but especially if you're being given a new employment contract in an existing job. Ten Commandments of Termination for Employment. Number two, thou shalt give up future termination. Thou shalt not give up future termination rights after you start working. No, don't do that. Don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, don't do that. Thou shalt not do that. Not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because um, if if you do that, then uh, I mean, if you if you're given a contract, this is the example I was just giving. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you really have to think about what am I getting in exchange for it. And, and a common trick that an employer will use, I shouldn't say shouldn't say trick, because sometimes employees are doing it voluntarily. Right. But a common, let's say, strategy that employers will use is they'll say, "Here's a five hundred dollar payment, and in exchange for that, uh, we're going to give you this employment contract. You're going to sign this employment contract, and we're going to give." you, uh, we'll call it a bonus. We'll call it a one-time bonus. And in fact, you've just signed away $50,000 of uh, severance. So you really have to be careful about that. And the longer you've been there, um, the, uh, the, the more it's going to cost you. The number six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight or star nine eight nine eight on your cell. If you have questions about any of these commandments or anything else that has to do with your job or employment, bring them on. Would love to. I'd love to talk to you. Star ninety eight ninety eight on your cell as well. Uh, the ten commandments of termination for employment. Rolling on to the next one. That is, thou shall respond to any negative reviews or discipline, preferably in writing. Right. Always preferably in writing. Yeah. Whenever you're yeah. doing anything that important relating to your job, you want to do that in writing. Now, if you're getting something called a performance improvement plan or anything using that kind of language, just remember this. As, as hard as it is to accept this, if they're giving this to you, it means at least at some part of them writing this up, they're thinking about the possibility of terminating you. And not only terminating right. your employment, but potentially terminating your employment for cause. Now, Performance is extremely hard to use to justify for cause, but if they're giving you these warnings and you're not saying anything about it, you're making it easier for them. So you have to put it in writing. You have to talk about the things that you have improved. If something that is in there is not fair, you need to speak up for yourself. If there's obstacles in your way, you have to mention them. Uh, if there's accommodation issues that you're having, if there's uh, maybe, maybe there's a human rights issue here, put those in writing and you will thank yourself later. Because number one, it'll help you if they fire you. And the other thing is, it may, it may help them think twice about firing you in the first place. It may actually help you keep your job. You know, and, and to just to underline what you said off the top, always in writing because, uh, as you guys say, as Lior says, and you say as well, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. And then you got one hell of an argument on your hands when it's a he said, he said. You don't want to get into that situation, do you? No, you, you don't. I mean, of course, it, it does exist. It did happen. Yeah. But yep. how on earth are you going to prove it?
Right. Uh, to reach out any time, by the way, get a hold of John or Lior or a member of the team at the firm, 604-283-3123, VancouverEmploymentLawyers.ca. That works as well. But for the uh, the rest of this hour, if you want to call in, we'd love to talk to you. It works better when uh, we got someone to talk to. A third party, if you will, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Next up here on the Ten Commandments of Termination. Thou shalt not commit serious workplace misconduct. That's kind of an obvious one, but it's worth mentioning, right? Right. Well, uh, we can't help you if you're if you're guilty of something really serious. I mean, if, if you've come to us and you have engaged in fraud or theft um, or, you know, in some cases, you know, recreational drugs in the workplace, no. uh, particularly, I mean, what, what becomes really problematic is dishonesty. Uh, I, I know it sounds trite to say it, but please don't lie to your employer, right? Especially if it's about something important, especially if there's going to be a financial impact on them right. or a financial benefit to you. If if you are doing that, then of course the employer is going to lose their trust in you and, and the court looking at it is going to say, yeah, you know what? They really had no choice but to let you go. And so I'm not going to give you severance because you broke their trust. Uh, violence can be a cause, although there are exceptions to that. If you're being uh, accused of harassment, or uh, which is which is uh, becoming more common, people are feeling much more comfortable speaking up. So yeah. uh, there's a lot more investigations right now. Uh, and if you're in an investigation, again, it, it seems trite to say it, but be honest, be open, be candid. Uh, you are not doing yourself any favors uh, by trying to cover something up. Again, the number is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. The Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. Um, thou shalt always keep copies of all relevant documents. This kind of goes dovetails nicely into the write everything down that you talk about, right? Yeah, this is probably one of the most frequently violated uh, commandments, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I, I find that uh, people... Uh, are, are you know you you always get the odd client who uh, has all their ducks in a row very nicely and that's that's a huge surprise but for most people you know employment agreements just they they just kind of go to the bottom of the pile they go in the attic uh, keep keep organized right I mean if not for for uh, you know some things you have to keep organized for tax purposes but in in many cases you just want to have these things in case uh, there's disagreements about the what happened the story of your employment so it's not just employment agreements which are very important to to keep a hold of offer letters things like that but email correspondence performance reviews bonuses uh, pay slips uh, handwritten notes from your boss uh, and if and if something inappropriate happens make sure you memorialize that uh, if you have a work schedule uh, you may want to keep a copy of that because uh, if one day they decide they're going to change your work schedule you want right. to be able to 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 refer to something you know this was my work schedule and, and probably the biggest one actually is overtime a lot of people will come to us and they'll say, you know, I never took a sick day and I was always working overtime and I've, I've been employed there for, for 10 years and I've, I've taken, you know, I've been working 60 hours per week every week for the last, you know, 10 years. And I asked them, I said, oh, well, to write it down. Do, do, do you have records of this? Did you, yeah. did you send them timesheets? They said, well, no, but I, I know that I've been doing it. And you know, in one sense, I empathize because you're not—you're you're just thinking. You want to work hard. You got to put food on the table, and, yep. and you're you're dedicated to your employer. Uh, but at the same time, 
if you think you're working overtime and you're not being compensated for it, uh, first of all, keep track of it. And secondly, speak up about it. Submit it to your employer. Say, hey, uh, I've had to work these overtime hours, and you know, I, I looked it up on Employment Standards Branch, and I know I'm mm-hmm. not exempt from overtime, so why am I not being paid this? Don't wait until, uh, until they let you go, and, or don't wait until years later. We'll squeeze one in, uh, one more in here before we break in the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. Number six, uh, thou shalt keep records of important events. Right. So um, one of the events that we talked about is a performance improvement plan. That's a good okay. example of something that you really do have to keep records of, not just the uh, event, but your response. If you're being harassed or discriminated against in the workplace, uh, complain by email. Uh, don't let someone tell you that you have to make a formal complaint. An email is a formal complaint. Uh, good to know. If, Did not know that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, if they're asking you to fill out a form, go ahead and fill out the form. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, once you make something make something in writing, then that's that's formal enough for it to be a complaint. Uh, if you're blamed for something that you didn't do, uh, put it to your superior in a very polite and civil email. Right. Uh, when your job is on the line, uh, you know, expect that one day this is going to be in front of a judge potentially. So make sure you're being respectful and and, and polite, but at the same time, speak up for yourself. If you've disclosed that you're pregnant, uh, do it by email so so that they can't say they didn't know and then fire right. you for it. Uh, if your duties are being changed, that's another thing to speak up about. And we are back here at uh, 433. Pretty quiet day on the phone, so they're wide open for you to ask your questions about your job or employment, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. John Pincus is handling all the uh, the heavy lifting today on the show. Ten commandments of termination of employment. Next one is this. Thou shalt not get advice from your neighbor Steve or Jim or Bill or Todd or, or Gladys, anybody else over the fence. Go to an employment lawyer, right? I, I'm sure that uh, that uh, that your neighbor is a very nice person and maybe very smart about some things, but unless your neighbor is an employment lawyer, probably not the person to get advice from. And uh, you know, it it may seem innocent enough. It may seem like, well, you know, what's the big deal? But some mistakes yeah. that you make are that you can make here if you get the wrong advice are permanent. So if you quit your job uh, to claim constructive dismissal too early, uh, if you accept a change that you shouldn't have accepted, if you sign something that you shouldn't have signed, or if you take an action at work that ha- gives the employer just cause to terminate you, uh, go to a lawyer. And, and don't just go to any lawyer. Go to an employment lawyer. You know, Just like yeah, for a heart problem, you, you wouldn't go to a dentist. If you have an employment problem, don't go to someone who deals with uh, real estate or, or corporate issues or something. Go to someone who actually uh, has expertise in employment law. Or, or else uh, you, you may not get the advice that you need. And you just know that uh, if you go to your neighbor or a friend or even a you know a family member who, as you said, is not an employment lawyer and says, look, man, the company's offering me three weeks of severance per year, they're going to be like, yeah, take it. That's great. That's fantastic. More than uh, more than it should be, which we know is not accurate. That's going to be one of many things they're going to screw up for you. Right, because what what those people do is they'll Google and they'll they'll yeah. know from the employment standards branch. Well, that's you know that's what employment standards gives you. So uh, what are you complaining about? Uh, in fact, it's more than employment standards is giving you. Well, when in the reality, it may be well well below your full entitlements. So that's the problem. Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. Still time for you to call in, ask questions about these or anything else uh, that's on your mind. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. The next commandment, thou shalt assume your severance offer is inadequate. No kidding. 
Yeah, and there there is a. I mean, they they are almost always inadequate in in my yeah. experience, at least to a certain extent. It's just a question of how inadequate is it. Uh, and there is a reason why almost all severance packages are inadequate, uh, and and it's because they're asking you uh, to sign a release. Yep. Often, multiple people are losing their jobs at the same time, and if they offer, let's say, $50,000 in severance to 10 people, and if they, well, let's say they owe, excuse me, $50,000 in severance to 10 people, and they offer each of those people, let's say, $10,000, all it takes is for one of those people to accept, and they save $40,000. Yeah, no so there's a clear wow. and a practical reason for them to do this, and for you know, there's there's nothing illegal or, or wrong about it. It's just as an employee, you need to make sure you're getting the same benefit of advice that your employer is getting. Um, if you try to negotiate yourself, the employer is going to tell you it's generous. They'll say that if you don't accept it, you could get even less. So your best bet, speak to an employment lawyer before making any decisions. You know, and it's we often talk about this as well. Sometimes in the part of the you know the mom and pop shop or small business owner, they may not necessarily be doing it to hopefully save money. But number one, they may not know they have to offer anymore. And then number two, you figured, well, I don't want to go after this this corporation. It's going to be a big brouhaha. It's going to be legalese. It's going to be court. No, no. A, a sophisticated company knows and is prepared through their HR to have people come back with a lawyer and negotiate a better offer. They're waiting for. It. They know what's going to happen. They're just hoping you don't. Right. Right, and and you know you don't have to think about it as going after them. It's right. what it is is it's it's making sure you get your full entitlements. Right, you know, there's probably some point in your employment that you uh, that that your employer was maybe not giving you something that you felt that uh, you should have been getting. Maybe an extra week of vacation here, an extra benefit here. Uh, this is just like that. I mean, it really is a discussion about what you're owed under the law. It's not about accusing them of doing anything. It's not about telling them they don't have the right to let you go because all employers do. There's no right to have your job forever. It's not about that. It's just about making sure that you have enough severance that you're going to be able to transfer to your next job. You know, and it's funny, and I've, you've mentioned this on past shows as well, you know, when you talk about inadequate, inadequate severance, it may not necessarily be the dollar amount per month or how much you're owed by whatever year and your age and your length of employment and your job. It may be something like your bonus was not included. If you're in sales, it may have been, you know, a deal that wasn't included or your benefits haven't run for the entire severance period. It's not always about money where it's inadequate, right? There's other components of your severance where you may be getting uh, shortchanged. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. So sometimes an employer will give you an offer where they say, here's a six-month offer, and you may go mm-hmm. on the severance pay calculator and say, oh, okay, six months, but make sure you're looking at the dollar value too, right? Because right. if they say six months base salary and you're working on 75% of your compass is commissions, <laughs> then yeah. that's not really much of a severance package now, is it, right? So you really no do have to focus on, on the dollar amount and uh, and the, the length of time that you've been given. So the severance pay calculator is a great place to start, but it's always best to, to speak with an employment lawyer and, and go mm-hmm. through it with them. That number, by the way, to speak to uh, John or Lior when we're not on the air here, 604-283-3123. You can write that down. Email is simple, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But for the remainder of this show, feel free to call in, ask your questions here on uh, on the radio. Get some information, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We're talking about the 10 commandments of termination of employment. Uh, number nine, very simple. Thou shall not sign 
Obviously, don't sign it. <laughs> don't sign. Let's say don't sign it before speaking to an employment lawyer. That's right. Uh, signing a release is a mistake that you you really cannot take back. And and actually, there's there's been some cases that have been litigated where. Um, Often in the human rights context, someone signs a release and they feel that they're pressured and they feel they don't understand it, but they they really feel they have no choice because there's this deadline there and they have to sign it or they're going to lose everything, but they didn't speak to an employment lawyer and only afterwards they try and get out of it. And once you sign, you almost never can get out of it. So... Uh, you're, and you're going to be giving up all your rights if you sign a release. We're not just talking about severance. We're talking about bonuses, overtime, uh, sometimes yeah. disability payments, vacation, even human rights claims. So you really do have to speak to a lawyer uh, before you sign that release. Now, the right answer may be to accept it. There always are those cases. But if, set, if accepting it is not the right answer, you no. could be making a mistake that's costing you tens of thousands of dollars or, or more. Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. This is it. Last one, number 10. Thou shall call ST Law. Always good. Or use the severance pay calculator or the updated and more robust version online would be pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, right? Yeah, the Pocket Employment Lawyer is a great tool. It's free. It's easy to use. It takes a couple minutes. Uh, you can really customize it to your situation. Uh, and of course, one of the things that we, we talk about there is your severance. You get a range of your severance entitlements, gives you a sense of how much you're likely to be owed based on the information you put in. And then you give us a call. We'll talk about it in more detail. And it, it's, a, it's a great tool to get a sense of what your situation is. And it saves people tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars every day really helps to even out uh, the playing field between employees and employers and uh, something we're very proud of. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the website. Yeah, rolled into that, of course, is the severance pay calculator, but that's just where it starts. There's stuff about constructive dismissal and workplace harassment. There's even a section on disability law because, as you know, um, the law firm, John, you have another half that deals with disability law as well because so many times they're intertwined and there's interplay between the two. You're on disability, your disability gets cut, all of a sudden you lose your job, so you guys are brought into the uh, into the fold as well. So there's a section on that. Again, it is uh, pocket employmentlawyer.ca just before you know it's funny before we go to break before we uh, they started or at least Leorne you started the pocket employment lawyer the severance pay calculator had before it got rolled into this website had 750,000 hits on it almost you know three quarters of a million hits of people having their eyes opened and learning so you can imagine where this one the pocket employment lawyer is going to be say in two three years from now I imagine it will be uh just as uh, just as incredible. So if you want to check it out anytime, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Want to get into workplace harassment? That's a very important topic of late. We'll do that after a short break. Yeah, we are back indeed. Time for you to call in. You have lots of time anyway. Uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. If you want to send an email along, it is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Workplace harassment. Let's get into a bit of this. Um, how does the law, as far as what you deal with on a, or, well, it's a daily basis, but quite regularly, how does the law define workplace harassment? So the law defines workplace harassment as what we call a course of vexatious comment or conduct that's known or ought reasonably known to be unwelcome. So things that uh, you know sh are going to bother people, that you know are going to make people uncomfortable, but that you do it anyway. How common is it? 
I'd say it's extremely common, uh, and it seems to be there. Although it, it may be somewhat of an illusion that it's becoming more common, I think it's more that it was always very common, and now people are just feeling feeling much more comfortable speaking uh, up about it. It we we find it at at small workplaces and large workplaces. It's it's everywhere. Kind of a, a two part question when it comes to workplace harassment here. Describe a typical situation A and then B. Is it more common with men or women, or is there no difference at this point? Well, a typical situation is you find that two people don't get along in the workplace, so one person makes it their mission to pretty much make the other person's life miserable, screaming at them, uh, inappropriate comments, ostracizing them, suggesting they're, they should quit, uh, that they're terrible at their job. And, and this becomes particularly acute when you've got it between a subordinate and a um, right. and a superior uh, person being harassed complains to HR. HR asks the other person, who denies it, and, and then that's that's kind of the end of it. They don't they don't do anything about it. Uh, as far as men and women, I'd say I see it pretty equally uh, between men and women. I've seen women harassing women, men harassing men, men harassing women, and women harassing men. There there really is uh, no uh, yeah. there's no gender discrimination among discrimination. Everyone discriminates equally. <laughs> if that. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, I got you. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You want to phone in and ask John something about this topic or anything else, feel free to do so with the remaining time we have here. Talking about workplace harassment, there is also that line where it's, it's not harassment. I mean, many things are. Many things qualify, especially in the atmosphere of today's workplace. But, you know, your boss won't give you that 1230 lunch and says you have to take it at 12. That's not workplace harassment. It's just simply, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't reach the level, does it? Sadly, I, I would have to admit that most people who come to us with her, with complaints that, that they say are harassment, right. we end up having to tell them that it actually doesn't rise to the level of harassment yeah. because there's a huge variety uh, and spectrum of pretty nasty conduct in the workplace that is just not going to rise uh, to the level of harassment uh, to the extent that you can actually do something about it legally, to the right. extent that you can right. bring uh, a human rights application or uh, or even more so uh, to treat your employment as constructively dismissed, which is a very, very high bar. Um, so it's good to talk to an employment lawyer if you're concerned, but you know, don't be surprised if the answer you get is, wow, that sounds awful, but it just doesn't quite amount to uh, something that, that we can actually do something about. Okay, so in the situation uh, where it does rise to workplace harassment, it does meet the, the criteria, what should that employee do if he, if he or she is being harassed at work? What are the first steps? Well, first of all, don't worry about if it if it actually rises to the legal definition of harassment. I mean, if you're really uncomfortable, no. if someone's really bothering you, speak up about it. Don't don't and and then worry about you know what what it qualifies as later on. So yeah. if anything is is making your life uncomfortable in the workplace, make a complaint, make it in writing, uh, make it to your manager, your supervisor, your human resources manager, uh, the owner, uh, depending if it's a small business, whoever it is. If nothing is done follow up about it also do that in writing uh, if there's an obvious uh, solution for example maybe you can just be separated from the person who is bothering you maybe you can be given another supervisor uh, then suggest that solution uh, talk to people who've witnessed the event uh, email them about it so you can get their confirmation of their uh, uh, you know their recollection of what happened uh, when you make the complaint show everything you have if you've got emails attach the emails uh, tell them who you think they should speak to really make it clear that you know this is real and and that uh, 
I, I've thought about this. And uh, because if they don't speak to a relevant witness, that could be a problem for them later. Uh, it's uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Callum, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging on for a couple of minutes, fella. How are you? I'm well. And yourself? Good. John, yeah, we're good. What's uh, what's your concern? Good. Okay, so quick question, John. <clears throat> you're um, you're an employee and you're uh, you you belong to an organization and there's uh, a union involved, okay? And you have a number of things that are going on. You report it to HR, goes nowhere. You report it to a union. They kind of scuffle it along. The union kind of lets it drift. Can you, as an employee, go outside the union and speak to a, an employment lawyer such as yourself? Great question. It's a good question. And yes, yes, you can. Now, in most circumstances, if you are covered by a collective agreement, then it is really only the union uh, who can advocate for you. Uh, you know, aside from a you know a duty of a fair representation um, claim, which is which is a really hard thing to do. Basically, if you're represented by a union, you, you kind of live and die by the union. Now, there are exceptions to that uh, because a union cannot remove your right, for example, to go to the Human Rights Tribunal. So if you have a human rights complaint that is not being addressed by the union, um, then you may want to consider bringing that human rights application on your own. But if it's something like severance or uh, employment standards, that's going to be something that's probably going to be or almost certainly going to be covered in the collective agreement. And as the collective bargaining agent, the union really does have exclusive authority uh, to, to be dealing with those kinds of things. Now, what, what if the union and the employer aren't dealing with you fairly? Can you still go to an employment lawyer afterwards and have an employment lawyer speak to both the union and the employer? That you you can I mean there's there's no law against a uh, employment lawyer doing that uh, it's just the matter of, of how con- how compelling is that going to be how convincing is it going to be for a lawyer uh, to come in there when both the union and the employer are going to know that absent uh, some uh, you know human rights issue uh, or something of that nature you know if it's something severance in the workplace and the union is not standing up for the employee uh, the employee's just not going to have a lot of power and a lawyer is not going to give them much more power in that situation unfortunately so yes absolutely you can speak to an employment lawyer but how much good is that going to do uh, it really depends on the nature of the problem for, for most unionized employees we, we find that uh, there's there's little that we can do in most circumstances and that's the trade-off you know John we talk about the trade-off all the time about uh, being in a union yep. versus not uh, there's benefits mm-hmm. and, and there's costs you bet there is. Uh, Callum, you want to continue on? If that didn't answer all your questions, uh, 604-283-3123 is the way to do so. General rule, you know, you can't you can't go outside to get employment lawyer help when it comes to severance and being like, oh, as you said, it's a trade-off for having, you know, the good parts of being in a union job. My wife is, and she gets fantastic benefits and pay and all that stuff. But, yeah, when, when the you-know-what hits the fan sometimes, sometimes you got no backup of a, of a robust law firm. You can't go that way, right? That's right. I mean, a union is great when you are working there, and and right. it can be very good for job security. But at mm-hmm. the moment where you are being pushed out or or, or losing your job outright, uh, then uh, you you can actually be in a disadvantage. Um, so it yeah. is it is a trade off. Absolutely. We're talking about uh, workplace harassment before Callum's phone call. Appreciate it, Callum, and your time as well. 
Um, what should an employer do? Now we'll flip over to the employer's side. What does the employer do if they receive a harassment complaint from an employee? Right. I mean, and it always sounds like, John, like we're beating up on employers, but of course, uh, we act and I act for employers too. And uh, when you get a, (laughs) when you get a harassment complaint, uh, it, it it is a very uh, delicate thing to deal with. Uh, the first thing that an employer should do is, is ask itself whether you can handle it internally. Uh, so if it's a simple situation, uh, you know, like someone claims they were hit in the workplace, so there was an incident of violence, uh, you know, sometimes that, that's pretty straightforward. Did it happen or did it not happen? And you may be able to handle that internally by, uh, a properly trained human rights, uh, professional. Uh, but if there are things like multiple complainants, multiple alleged perpetrators, you may want to consider hiring an external investigator. Uh, but whatever you do, you want to deal with it quickly. Uh, these are not things that you want to let linger because if you let them linger, you may uh, be faced with a legal action before you can even catch your breath. And isn't it even beyond that? They, uh, as an employer, they can't say, "Ah, man, it's okay. Boys will be boys." No, they are legally bound to investigate workplace harassment. They cannot let it lie, can they? Wow, boys will be boys is is definitely not something you ever want to be saying. (laughs) As an employer, I I can see that as as kind of the headline to a, uh, you know, BC Supreme Court case. Uh, So... uh, you, you, you want to, you know, if, if there's any situation where you are, uh, being faced with a complaint, uh, you want to show right away that you're taking it seriously. Now, maybe you find the complaint's not substantiated, but you have to at least show that you're not condoning it, that you've at least wanted to look into whether or not it actually happened. That's uh, just about all we're going to do for uh, this afternoon. You want to reach out with John after he gets a couple of Neil Citron and some halls in his throat. He'll be uh, much easier, much better to talk to you. Uh, you yes. can do it anytime. It's, uh, it's 604-283-3123. That's the number to reach out, get a hold of John or Lior. At the firm, email, drop them an email if, uh, if you're a little bashful to talk on air. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And as mentioned several times tonight, do check it out. Do yourself a favor. It's like having a pocket employment lawyer in your pocket, or at least an employment lawyer in your pocket. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the website. It's fairly new, and it's uh, it's really cool, really robust. It's always good to have that there. Before you even have to make a phone call, check out pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And uh, we'll come back, and we'll do it here uh, next Sunday. Good to have you along, pal. And uh, rest up, and we'll catch you again right here, Employment Law Show on CKNW.